And now, ladies and gentlemen, right to your host of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Welcome, everyone, to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host, with me across Zoom, we should say, is my co-host, Matthew Dressing. Hello there, Matt. Hello, Joanne, and good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it is important and possible to have great gardens which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right, and so we want to thank you for joining us this evening here on Down the Garden Path. And with May being the major planting month, tonight it's going to be, we are answering your gardening questions. So our your questions and our answers. So we know that uh, even though we've just done a whole month of lawn questions, there's still maybe a few lawn questions in there, but we know everybody is keen to get going in the garden and the weather has been a little bit in flux. So we are positive that you have some gardening questions for us. Um, so please send them to instudio101 at gmail.com. That's right. That is right. Um, yeah. Wow. So how is your week going? <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Do you have well, any since last week? Questions? I know. Do I have any garden questions for you? Uh, yeah. Um, well, it's funny that we had a whole month-long segment on uh, so on lawn. So I'll spring up lawns. In that I we've just decided we're gonna just get our lawn replaced. Like there's just no. We've had oh since we've been here in the 16 years we've been here we've lost trees we've taken out trees. Um, the sod has like certainly the lawn has shrunk so it's not a lot of lawn. Um, but, um, it's just not in great shape and we haven't really paid much attention to it. And, um, it definitely, like my husband said, it's, we're East facing, but it's tricky because it, some parts of the lawn, you know, get a ton of sun and get like just crispy baked and other parts don't, you know? So, uh, so it's, it's, it's really a tricky, tricky space. And, um, so we just, I just really, after talking to you too, and just realizing, I think our soil is dead and just scraping it, lowering it, like getting some of those tree roots, I think too, are inhibiting some things. Um, and, uh, and I even talked to the guy today and I said, I'll pay extra for you to mix compost in with the top dressing and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that's, uh, I think I'm just, and my husband said he just wants to start from scratch. Like that's it. And we're not going to be the seed people. <laughs> no, you know, we just know it's just not in our it's just we just both don't have the time for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it does take a I think it's this the key to six I think the key to success of grass seed is actually retirement. <laughs> 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 so I'll see what our how our listeners feel about that. But I just think it's someone who has a bit more time and a bit more patience and and that makes sure the watering and make sure the you know all the things, right? So anyway, so yes. We'll see. I, I will report back. I will take some photos too. I might like document the process and see. Um, 
So I had one, and even me, I had one contractor book to do it uh, from last year, and now they're not returning my text messages. So I just reached out to somebody oh. today. So I'm like, oh, because you know, I know my guys are all too busy, and and I I I'm picky about when I call in a favor, and I don't think the sod is. That's like planting a big tree, picking up a big tree, <laughs> you know, doing picking up some rocks. Those those are the favors I want to call into the guys I use regularly. So I've just found found somebody who's local and picker who's doing it and um we'll see very nice very nice i like your your retirement uh your like analogy that. yeah, yeah that, i think so i should ask that one. Oh, well what's better seed or sod well are you retiring or are you <laughs> i know i yeah, don't know how that'll go you. but uh yeah what's your are you working are you working full-time or are you retired <laughs> then, then, <laughs> then you can give them the options <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. So there's lots of questions. I know there's a lot of new, like uh, on social media, I know that you're back at the nursery. How are the questions coming to you before we get to social media? How are you finding it at the garden center? Yeah, so many new gardeners out there still uh, coming in, um, just not knowing where to start. Um, You know, even it's just as basic as like how to plant a tree or how to properly plant shrubs or the differences between all the different soils that you can buy at a an independent garden center i'm thinking versus like a, a shopping center but just a lot of like really basic questions privacy is still a huge issue with a lot oh, of the staying yeah. at home what are the tall quick growing slender trees that take up no room but can we talk year? about that i know can we talk about that people people everybody is too busy with their own stuff they yeah. are not watching you from your window. I know it's literally causing a tree shortage of columnar trees. It really is because people are wanting privacy. But when was the last time you looked out your window? Now, that being said, my window faces on the front of my house. So, yeah, but to second story window. But, you know, a tree is not going to fix that. So I think people just need to to chill. Like you want a pretty tree. You want a tree that's going to give you seasonal interest. You want a tree that's good for the birds and the bees, um, for fruit or for, for flower or something like that. But, oh my goodness, everybody has to get over this privacy thing. Don't you think? Yeah. And you're right. It just, it, that's all that there is. You, we almost at times of the year, um, based on that privacy question, especially like now, and then usually in the summer when pool season starts to get into really good swing, Everyone's looking for that privacy because then they just feel so self-conscious that all these windows, these people are just like watching them. And then you can't literally cannot sell another beautiful tree. You can't sell anything. Pick pick any of your favorites yeah. or any beautiful beneficial trees, hackberries or a native of some no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Keep in mind all that biodiversity, like you were saying, the you know mm-hmm. the benefit of a native species or a burying species or something. And then, of course, you know, make sure you're putting it in the right place, too. Um, yeah. And I think all these columnar trees, they, they're columnar and they're going to take a while to grow to give you that privacy that you're looking for, as opposed to a tree like a service berry or a, or a ivory silk lilac or something that's going to already form a pretty good head in two years, you know? Yeah. So I think uh, that's something people need to remember, you know, that um, they grow very narrow and yes. it will take them, you know, a hornbeam will take eight years to get eight, eight feet wide, eight yeah. years, people like that's a long time. That is a long time. That you know, time. so um, we won't hopefully be 
still in a pandemic in eight years. Yes. <laughs> so, Please. so yeah. So I think, you know, three, you know, you can put in one very nice tree that's going to give you a lovely canopy as opposed to three columnar trees. And I'm saving you money too, because three columnar trees are more expensive than one tree. So anyway, there's just my uh, vent on that um, because <laughs> people are depleting our, in our inventory of columnar trees. Yes. Uh, I would like to say, speaking of columnar trees, emerald cedars, if, especially in the Northern ranges, if you are looking for privacy, you want an evergreen and you want that emerald cedar that, you know, that 10 to 13 tall, 40 inches wide. If you are in a colder area, don't pick an emerald. There are others, there are Brandons, there are North Poles, there are Skybounds. They are much hardier, especially to the Northern regions. The emeralds are really for like zone six or seven and up. Um, they just do not take the winter winds and the blasts as they used to. We see so much dieback and so many people returning them. And even if they've got them planted, they get so many issues when they're young. There's just a lot. There's so many more hardier and more resilient species now coming out on the market. So just keep an eye out for those um, because they're, they're quite hardy. They're quite strong uh, and they'll do the exact same thing. So I think you'll just end up being happier in the long run. Now, when you say, because um, you said zone six, so like Emerald, even us in zone five, you're thinking, I mean, it I'm is. not a fan of, I'm on board because I'm not a fan of Emerald Cedars, right. mostly because most of them are coming from, B the other issue with Emerald Cedars is most of them are coming from BC. Yeah, and BC so or not, Oregon. Yeah. In the far so. south. Right. And then you, if you do get the Ontario grown ones, they are hardy because they've grown up with our winters and they've adapted but they tend to be not as green. They tend to bronze more. Um, and I've seen, I've heard of some people saying that when they have the Ontario cedars versus the BC cedars, uh, their Ontario's put in at the same time tended to grow a little slower uh, and just than, than the BC cedars. And I think that might just be a residual thing that and I don't, I've never experienced that myself. But yeah, I think that like, um, like the macrophylla hydrangeas, hydrangea macrophylla, like the endless summer series and like mm -hmm. the emerald cedars. We're on the northern, like this, this gray zone for their zone five border that I think it's very situational that both of them just, they either really work for you because you've got the right spot or they're just completely hit and miss for you. They just, they just do not do their thing. And I think it's just where we, I think that's just on the northern edge of where it's just, too random or too fluctuating in the conditions and the site conditions that they just don't really work where we are yet. And mm -hmm. that's where like the, the North poles and the sky bounds and uh, the Jantar, which is a yellow, which is really cool. Like that lemon Cypress from uh, Italy kind of thing. Uh, those are just, they're just much more hardier and they can take those conditions. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just a, where we are in a range, kind of like what, what the Japanese maples used to be. Um, yeah right it was i think that's exactly yeah. the situation so cl climate change hasn't caught up and so climate change has helped the japanese maples and the japanese bloodgrass remember japanese yes. bloodgrass never mm -hmm. it was pretty much an annual like it never really came back and so now it comes back fine and japanese maples don't you know for the most part they they do well um but yeah but uh, yeah endless summer hydrangeas i and even aside from the endless summer hydrangeas um, the Easter hydrangeas. So they're still the macrophilia family and they're yeah. still like, so on the Facebook groups and on the forums, there's still one or two people in the world who's, 
who managed to get it to bloom. And so, but I'm like, so, but you know what? It's, it's not easy and it's great that you got it to bloom. But if you are, for me, I feel like it, when it's a new gardener, you want to set them up for a success. Yes. Right. Because I think every time they plant something and somebody says, oh yeah, it's easy. Or, oh yeah, you can do it. Or, oh yes, they will grow. And they don't, they think it's them and it's not, it's the plant. So I I'm always on when I can go on and when I'm in the mood, I'm like, no, do not plant it. It's (laughs) just uh, what did I call it? I call it, it's like the unicorn. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yes. (laughs) One and two, one and you know, one in a hundred people will make, Oh yes. But then usually most people will say it does bloom for me every year. I get one or two blooms. Well, no, it's not worth it in the garden to have one or two blooms and it, for it to take up, you know, three by three or four by four full of green leaves, it's not worth it. So, uh, you know, every year you see the people that, you know, get their Costco hydrangea or get their gift or my neighbor gave me here's leftover hydrangea. Can no people, do not do it. Compost it. Do not yes. say no. Thank you for the gift. Do not enjoy it inside. Do not when it goes inside, it's gone. You know, it's really not worth it. There are much better choices. Um, I have a b- whole blog post about that. I think we're going to have a whole hydrangea show this season about we that. Are. So, um, so please, I, a public service message, no more <laughs> Easter hydrangeas or endless summer hydrangeas, macrophia. If you look at the tag and it starts with an M for the botanical name, then please do not buy it. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what the price is. I don't care if Home Depot's giving them away. Do not buy it. Don't buy it. Don't do it. Paniculata. Good thing we don't have sponsors because they, they might be upset at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh goodness gracious so, i just see the little star like that commercial over you had when you said the service announcement just ding the more you know yeah yeah so oh my goodness my goodness what else is happening at the garden center um busy 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 um lots of product coming in uh annuals perennials um lots of new gardeners it's fruit tree season so if you're out there uh, if you're looking to pick up a fruit tree, now is the time to head out. Take a look at your local independent gardener, the cocktail trees, uh, the four-in-one trees. Um, cocktail tree. What's a cocktail tree? Yeah, there's um, a cocktail tree. So much like the four-in-one apples, there's okay. the cocktail, fruit cocktail trees. So they've got like a pear, a plum, a peach. <laughs> and like... a... Yeah. So they... Like a margarita. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's a drink tree. (laughs) So yeah, you can tell I'm not a drinker because I couldn't quickly come up with four drinks. But anyway, (laughs) I'm like, what's a cocktail tree? Oh my goodness, really? A fruit cock? So different fruit? Right. So you get like a plum, a pear, a peach, or a nectarine, or a cherry, or a combo like some of there of some self pollinating ones. So you get four different fruit on on that tree. They're very popular. Um, yeah, and then any of the foreign ones, uh, because it just helps you have that one tree instead of two or three. Right. Trees. So they're in stock right now. So they're in stock right now, and they're the first ones to go. To go. The multiples on the cocktail tree. Okay. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) Pete, we have one question. When uh, listener Pete Pedro has written in, and he said that that I was hilarious, which is, you know, um, 
That's a hilarious observation regarding yards that are seeded. Retirement for sure. Those folks can sit outside and watch the sprinkler. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> See, don't you agree? I, I think so too. There And aren't the really the retired people, the well, my neighbor, George, we won't talk about George, but George has a great lawn and he's not retired, but everybody else, you know, that has a really good lawn. I think it's just a retirement goal. It's got to be a retirement goal or you're just so passionate about the perfect yes. lawn. I grew up with a neighbor across the street and every day that's what he did. He worked, he came home and it was his lawn. Wasn't mm-hmm. working on the car. It was the lawn. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I'd say passionate because the two best lawns on our street are, they're not, neither of them are retired and, but they're both very passionate and they're out there all the time. So yeah. Anyway, but thank you Pedro, <laughs> for realizing that I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Ah, we have a cedar question. So we definitely can talk a bit more about cedars, Matt. So oh, Ruth sure. has said, hello, are cedar trees in general a good choice to grow here in the GTA? P.S. I am retired, but I'm not going to water my new grass seed. Sod, baby. <laughs> good for you, Ruth. Go for it. Yes. Thank you. Sod, sod, sod. Yeah, so cedars, though, there's lots of different, I mean, I think everybody treats cedars as if they're the same one thing, right? Yeah. And they're not. There's definitely, like you'd mentioned, emerald cedars, pyramidal cedars, there's eastern white cedar, there's black cedar. I know uh, Adam from the nursery where I get my stuff from my clients prefers the black cedar. Um, you Brandon cedar, you, you know, there's a lot of different cedars and, um, you know, from a distance, they probably all look the same, right? But and aren't they all like the, uh, the the botanical name is the same too, right? Thuya occidentalis. Aren't you proud of me? Yes, I really got it. Exactly. The eastern cedars are the Thuya occidentalis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and in our area, the occidentalis is, is more our native cedar. It's the native to the uh, eastern and the North American side of things. When you get to the west side, you see uh, Thuya placata tends to be one of the big ones. And we see them here on the east coast or the central uh, region, Great Lakes area, uh, like the whipcord cedar or some of those fancier uh, thread-like uh, different foliage ones. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, the, anything Thuyaoxidentalis is, is strong here. It's a cultivar of one of our native species uh, spinoffs. They've seen the parents have grown up with our, our conditions, and they've adapted to the central and the eastern coast. But isn't an emerald an occidentalis? Yes, so emerald is an occidentalis. Yes, it is okay. an occidentalis. But it is, it's it's just one of those ones that are there, and it's for that green. But it just doesn't do as well as the ones, and that's what the everyone loves about the three occidentalis and the emeralds called smaragold, or if you pronounce that right. Yeah. Uh, but it's that rich emerald, emerald green. But the hardier ones like the North Pole and the Brandon um, and the black cedars, they don't have as like that dark dark green as uh the emerald it tends to be the top of them i think black does have a little bit nicer of a green on it um Mm. i think that the north pole has a nicer of a green on it when i get to the brandon and um the skybound i think they're just a little bit more faded they're more of like a minty sagey green than like an emerald green personally but again i color is yeah, different for everybody I, right i think i mean maybe people in the interest industry are looking at the color green but i think most homeowners just want something evergreen and they want again privacy or screening of some kind or green you know they don't want to look at their fence so i think knowing 
that there are and I think emerald just became the term like Kleenex and Q-tips, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, when they say cedar, it's if it's not a hedge cedar, which you buy kind of bare rooted, people go and ask for emerald cedar, but you don't have to. So Ruth, definitely, um, you know, look, talk to your uh, local garden center about something else, you know, if, if that's what you what you're looking for, depending on the on what you're looking to do, you know, i.e. make a hedge or cedar or, or pyramidal cedars. Mm. Um, you know, there are some different, different, slight differences, I think. And Googling them is hard too. Um, I think, you know, one thing some people should do is actually follow um, growers, look for tree growers or yeah, nurseries definitely. on social media, like Instagram, you know, they're often um, showing pictures of what just came in and, and then they would name it. And so it helps you, I think, look at what it, exactly you, is available in your area, more so than Googling it, because I think that just, you know, those that's great. That grows in South Carolina or grows in BC you know, it doesn't necessarily grow right here. So I that brings that's a up little trick. Two other complete points as well. Sure. Um, yes, going back to just like the color thing, I get it very much like 60-40 um, emerald cedar for the color and then emerald cedar for the like the privacy. So I think they hear the name emerald cedar out and they know that it's for privacy. But when they actually get there and they see like the cedars combined, they tend to like, well, I like this one because it's a little greener. But so I think it's a combination of our, our two things. I agree completely. Check out who are your local garden centers or your local growers like Conan's and Sheridan and yeah, whoever else. So like- we can name some that are in the GTA. So Conan or NVK. Actually, they yep. go by NVK now. Um, Cobes, yes, K-O-B-E-S. Yep. Uh, Dutch Master. So shout out to all the growers that we love. Um, Beach. We had uh, Alex on a few years ago, right? Because I always got the name of the nursery wrong, and I will again. Um, I will again. I don't remember, so you're still. You don't remember it? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I remember okay. him. I'll, but... fi- I'll say it in a second because I'm going to look at him up on. So it's great because they show. I mean, Cobes did just post uh, about a new shipment of five foot um, black cedars that came in, and they were amazing. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's a great, uh, a great, you know, if you're really curious about what's happening um, and uh, for any of our U.S. listeners, um, the same for you, like look and see who's a go- grower in your area. Where are your garden centers getting their plant material from? Yeah. Right. And then lastly, with again, going back to your Google and just looking up and seeing the cool new stuff, r- realize whether or not it's if it's new for 2021 or whatever year it happens to be, it tends to be available sooner in the States, especially if mm-hmm. it's like a proven winners, especially mm-hmm. it usually is newer in the States and it's trialed in Canada and the States, but it usually gets to the States first before it does in Canada. So for mm-hmm. our Canadian listeners, so just be aware. Cause like we get that all the time, every year in the spring, yeah. this is a brand new plant. Yeah. It's not even like, it's just introduced. It's not even out yet. Yeah. And so, well, sometimes the growers have it, but they have the baby, like, what are they called? The whips and stuff. Yeah, so they they, they, they're growing, or... they're quote unquote growing it, but right. it's not ready to sell. So beach Alex from beach nursery West. See, I got it. Oh, right. there you go. Um, so yeah. So he just did a, he did a great post about his boxwood. So it's beautiful picture of uh, green velvet boxwoods, which get nice, a nice good size, the green velvets versus the green gems that stay nice and tiny. We could, we should, we've never done an episode on boxwood because that should be one. Cause often people 
you know, all boxwoods are not created equal. No, they are not. No, they are, they not. are not. So, um, um, so yeah. So I think that's a cool way to see, especially, you know, well, so that you know the difference between things. So I hope Ruth, that answered your question. Um, you know, lots do go into cedars, but if they are the right plant and the, and the right spot, um, they get enough sun, they get enough water, they get some wind protection in the winter. Uh, they should do well, but both, I agree with Matt though, to steer clear away from the emerald cedars or ones that are those $20 ones from the big box stores. Steer clear. Look out. Um, I was just looking to see you because we have, we're talking popular shrubs in July. Um, we've got a big series on hydrangeas, but we don't have anything on boxwoods. Mm, um, well, that would be more evergreen, no? Yeah, we didn't do an evergreen this month. We went for low maintenance perennials, popular shrubs okay. and flowering trees for those who want a sneak peek of uh, what's coming up yeah. over the summer months. Uh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of trees, uh, we have a question from Steve. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the Steve, same question. I have the same question. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how big do these cocktail, tre cocktail trees get? Are they easy to grow and maintain? How long before they bear fruit? Thank you. So, yeah, thanks, Steve, for the question. Uh, yeah, so what they're going to end up, they're going to find them the same size, roughly, as the fruit trees, and depending on your garden center. Ours are about three and a half feet tall on average, um, depending on, you know, which one and what grafts. But each graft is going to grow genetically like the parent. So if they're a semi-dwarf uh, or a dwarf variety, uh, usually you'll find the semi-dwarf. You're still going to get each of those branches growing out to about 12 to 15 feet uh, tall and wide. So ultimately, you'll end up with a single tree that's about 12 to 15 feet tall and wide. Just want to make sure maintenance wise, if, if you're doing any pruning, you can uh, do some regular pruning uh, to keep it down low like the um, the orchards do to keep their apples growing and, and keep things thinned out in space and, and a little bit more manageable for the homeowner. But just make sure that if you do do that, uh, you don't prune out the one of the three cocktails. Or even if you're into one of the multiple and one fruit trees, just watch out you don't prune out one of those limbs. Uh, they're usually, you'll find them potted. Um, you might find some bare root. Often at that age, they're about three to four years old. And if they're properly pollinated, they'll even bear fruit, very little, uh, in the garden center. The first year, they're going to more settle on focusing on the roots. They'll give you maybe, again, if pollination goes well, a little bit more fruit there. But it's usually that year after you plant it, Steve, that that's where you're going to see your more established, happy. She's settling in and she'll bear a little bit more and more and more as she continues okay. to grow. But we're often have at the garden center where we find... Uh, a few beautiful stems of plums or some peaches or, you know, whatever anybody doesn't end up buying yeah. here. We get some okay. good, so. so you said semi-dwarf get 12 to 15 feet. What about dwarf? The dwarf, and you very rarely see the true dwarfs anymore. Okay. They'll okay. get to about seven to eight feet tall and wide in, okay. uh, for the species. Yeah. And then the normal ones, they'll just, they'll grow up anywhere from 15 feet to 20 feet to 30 feet, depending on who it is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Excellent. And the three, if you're buying them at three and a half feet, what, how long does it take to get to even maybe eight feet? Yeah, you're probably only like three or four years away. Okay. Uh, okay. So it does seven. take a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Great question, Steve. Yes. Thank um, you very much. And it, and we, there's no mojitos or margaritas. <laughs> so well, no. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> On the cocktail tree, but uh 
<laughs> it reminds me of, um, have you heard of the grafted tomatoes? So they graft the tomatoes, the hardier rootstocks, and then there's the uh, ketchup and fries graft. And so right. they've grafted a tomato to the potato. So you have a oh. tomato growing above and you harvest the tomatoes. And then at the end of the season, you can dig up the plant and there's a crop of potatoes sitting below that fed the tomatoes above. Really? So ketchup and fries. <laughs> really? Yeah, and the, yeah. Isn't that neat? You have them at the garden center? We, uh, I don't know if we have any yet, but yeah, we, okay. see, we usually see a few every year. Yep. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so they're compatible. Tomatoes and potatoes can be grafted together to uh, create a single plant. Isn't that neat? <laughs> you should yeah. see Joanne's face. <laughs> I've been in this industry how long? We've been doing this show how long? And you, and then there's still stuff that just blows me away. You're <laughs> kidding. I, I mean, I'm at the garden centers all the time, you guys, and I miss this stuff. That is oh, yeah. tomato. So, to, so potato, what did you call it? Ketchup and fries. Ketchup and that fries. That is hilarious. Dylan would love that, actually, because he loves ketchup so, and, uh, and fries. Okay. <laughs> That is so funny, you guys. Everybody, go look for that. Isn't that funny? That is very funny. Oh, my goodness. That is great. So we've got another. Um, ben has written in. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. Um, okay, let's have a down the garden path grass pole, seed or sod. We really should do that. Um, maybe on our, if I knew how to do that on our Instagram, we can do that. Um, and hey, what about a book title? Hint, hint. I say sod. Yeah, I'm with you with this. Oh, obviously, I've already stated my preference is sod. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Ben. I that. live in a condo, so I is there a third option? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness oh, gracious. Uh, so, yes, definitely. Um, so I think one of the things I'm seeing, um, especially new gardeners, is they're not paying attention to the May, like the, the frost date. So we need to keep saying it, you know, May to May 24th. And we're not just saying it as a suggestion. it is the date you know we still could get snow uh you know in fact they're calling for some frost possibly this week so i think there's a a lot of people that were super keen and started their seeds way ahead of time which doesn't seem like it's a big deal until you need to start putting it when they get too big and you want to put it outside and then you know we're having people accidentally forget or even during the cold windy days we've had some really cold cool windy days there it's affecting their plants so really and and every day there's still a message like do you think i should put them out do you think it's safe to put them out the answer is no (laughs) so check the check it's just not worth it you know it really isn't um so i know our date is uh, around may 2-4 um some people depending on where you are your date might be june 1st other people your date might be uh, may 15th but it's okay to wait until may 15th um there's no you know i think um, there's no rush, you know, nature, let nature take its course. And I want to just reassure people, um, to just be patient and, and, and follow those dates, how important those last frost dates really are. You got it. The plants get off my soapbox. I feel like I'm on my soapbox today. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. And we still, we're getting that at the garden center and I've got a couple of emails myself. And it's just, you you just, you can't, you got to wait. The plants know once they get out there with the right temperatures at the right time, they know they've only got so much time to do their thing. 
uh, and they'll they'll get her done. Nature will get it done. Uh, and watch the perennials and stuff outside too. I've seen some hanging baskets pop up in my uh, neighborhood as well. Again, there's all that risk of frost. Perennials that you're seeing that are big, beautiful. You know, the hostas are out. The coral bells are up. There's salvias that are flowering. These things are weeks ahead of themselves. One good cool nip and it's done. And it's brought all brought on in minimal heat grow, uh, greenhouses uh, to leaf out, to send to retailers so that you buy them earlier. So it's, that's right. You just got to be patient. Now to explain, if you have perennials, because I know when we were having that snow last week or the week before, people whose plants in their garden were coming up, that, you know, people that were new gardeners, right. they were panicking, like, do I have to cover them? Well, no. I mean, anything no. that has overwintered and is coming up is fine. It's going to deal with whatever nature throws at it. It's the things that anything that you're buying new has just been coming from a greenhouse. Yeah. So it hasn't acclimatized the word yep. acclimatized to the, the outside. Um, it will next year, once it goes through a whole season, once it, you know, you put it in the garden and it, it, you know, goes through our fall and winter, it'll be fine next year, but it's these annual, certainly annuals. So anybody who's buying a hanging yep. baskets, who are buying, I saw another picture of a trunk full of marigolds and begonias. It, you know, that's something you're going to have three more weeks to babysit somewhere mm-hmm. um, or risk losing it. So, uh, so yeah, patience. You got it. Patience. That's it. I've got tons of peanuts I'd love to plant out and get ready, mm-hmm. but nope. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, so just be patient. Nature will take its time and, mm-hmm. and do her thing, and you just you gotta trust her. Um, if I can bring up my thing that I thought I had here, I think it's time just to uh, say hey, everyone, and thank you for joining us here live on Reality Radio uh, 101. We love that you tune in with us every Monday night. Uh, here on Reality Radio. I'm Matthew Dressing, here with my co-host, the lovely Joanne Shaw, and you are listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting, relevant, and helpful topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show. Don't forget to spend more time with us down the garden path. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, please subscribe to be notified of new content, like, share, and say hi. We love to hear from where all of our listeners are listening from. Mm -hmm. Uh, That just, we love it. Anyways, don't forget, you can find us offline as well. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at at down the garden path podcast so at down the garden path podcast and you can find joanne at down the number two earth.ca and you can find myself at naturalaffinity.ca so we'd love to continue the conversation with us outside uh you know the design industry is um uh, very much online right now we can do all that designing over zoom calls consultations uh, things like that. So don't forget, uh, if you live far away, you can hit us up uh, and we can discuss garden design or any other gardening issues you might have as well over Zoom or virtually. That's right. That's right. I had someone call me from Bob Cajun and they asked if I would go up to Bob Cajun and it, it's a little too far. Um, but I said that I would be willing to, um, you know, I Google Earth her house and we kind of chatted about a few things and I said I'd be willing uh, to do it virtually if that's what she wanted. And, um, you know, it is a little bit more work for you, 
to, you know, there's some photographs you need to take and some measurements you need to take that kind of thing. Um, but if anybody who wants to get be involved in the process, I think it could be a really rewarding and fun process. Uh, so yeah, so it's definitely doable. Um, so she's going to call me back and kind of do some research and, and chat with her husband. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I hope that turns out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm definitely, I'm, I'm not canvassing for more work because we, we, that you, when you said the design industry, I was going to say, yeah, the design industry is swamped, which is a good problem to have. We realize yes. <laughs> that um, many people, many industries are struggling. And uh, right now the landscape design, as well as landscape installation or anything landscape res- uh, related is booming. And uh garden, garden maintenance, that type of thing. So if you know of somebody who needs some work and, and wants to get outside and enjoy the summer, uh, then definitely uh, look for something in your area because they're all hiring. And, uh, um, and it's a great, it's a great job. It's a great industry and you can learn a lot for sure. And it's like a gym membership. <laughs> it is like a gym membership. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One of my one of my contractors um, used to like um, he tried to hire um, rep hockey players because he said they, they when they went back to to school in September, went back to hockey in September, their coaches couldn't believe the training because he said, you know, dumping uh, uh, dumping um, wheelbarrows of soil or stone or river rock or whatever was just like checking somebody. Right. Like they had that motion. They got that strength and um, picking oh, up bricks. Cool you know, picking up bricks with their hands, like, you know, he said that strengthened their hand, you know, all the different, he was a hockey player himself. And so he talked a bit about that. And he said, you know, there's no better training and you're working and making money and not even realizing that you're, uh, you know, you're really getting in shape for hockey. So yeah, that's a different perspective for sure. That's very cool. How it ties into hockey like that. Yeah. 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 I thought, I thought that uh, analogy was really cool because I was like, I I couldn't believe that all his, I'm like, really, is it the coincidence that all the guys here that play hockey? And he's like, nope. So, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, something to think about if your son plays hockey or daughter, (laughs) it's definitely uh, something to think about. So yeah, really? Uh huh. So I was, we (laughs) talked before the show about a post I saw on social media on Facebook. And I, of course I can't find it again, but it was someone talking about a mulch that has, and the word was started with a P and it did not look familiar to me, but it was a weed inhibitor. Um, so they were saying if they put that mulch down in their garden, would it prevent their plants from growing? Now I'm not aware of anything that's available here in Canada and it was an Ontario group. I know that one thing. Um, so, and of course I can't uh, find it again, but have you heard of anything like that, Matt? No, I, I actually have not, especially treated with something Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting because it's almost like the, like the lawn fertilizer, you get the, you know, the weed stuff in there and then you go to the bread and you mulch it and it, it does yeah. that. Yeah. I'm very curious as to what the active ingredient is and how, what that is actually, uh, what that works like. Yeah. Um, I took a quick Google just kind of as we were coming onto the show and, and I find lots about just, you know, how mulch is working and, uh, preventing heating and feeding the soil and retaining moisture and stuff like that. But uh, I haven't been able to find anything with uh, something added to it, a, a, a treatment of some sort. So maybe if any of our listeners, perhaps you've used this in the past or are using it currently, uh, we would love to hear mm-hmm. what mulch, what brand, where you're buying it from, where, or like, 
you know, maybe what garden center or, or chain or what part of the country you're in uh, that you're getting this from, because that would be very interesting to uh, mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about. I, I wonder if it's in can if in Canada we can't do it. I wonder if it's a uh, something that's banned here or I don't know. I mean the 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 you know it was obviously a Canadian and Ontario group. Um, so oh, I don't yeah, know if it's something. He, yeah. So uh, but then he could have been googling something else on the internet and then asking about it before he bought it. So not realizing right. that it would might not be available here in Canada. So so that could definitely be the case. Um, yeah, I mean, I see mulch as more of nutrition for the garden um, versus something that would be a, a conducer or a conductor of chemicals. So but and, and I think I'm pretty sure that it's not available here in Canada. So or in Ontario anyway. Yeah. Um, so definitely, if you have any other garden questions, uh, you know, it still is early, like we said, for anything new in your vegetable gardens, that type of thing, or brand new perennials that you might be buying. Um, yeah, but other than that, things are coming, you know, uh, peonies, like everything's slowly making its way up, isn't it? Yeah, everything just slowly emerging, taking their time, doing their things. A lot of the spring flowering shrubs and perennials. Uh, are starting to, uh, you know, bloom and show some color. And, but yeah, definitely take your time, um, you know, get out there, things like the fruit cocktail trees, yeah. uh, you know, get your things, but uh, just be careful about what you buy and watching, you know, have the patience before you put it outside. Right. You know, if you've got some good warm days, like right now, uh, on and off, there was a couple of days there where it was 16 degrees. Uh, you know, that's tropical winter. You could start, you know, bringing some of your little seedlings outside. If you need the space, just remember to bring them in, starting that hardening off process. We can put some stuff out, but it's not quite the right time to leave things out overnight. Uh, you can start getting your tropicals out of the way if you need to do some spring cleaning. Give them a, that acclimation uh, to the brighter sunlight that they may be doing. But yeah, but we are still early. So yeah, yeah definitely. It's There's a lot of time. That's right. And, um, you know, there, there are over 18 million new gardeners to, uh, wow. since COVID started. Uh, and there's a lot of people who just don't know all the timing and stuff. So just, you know, yeah. help your friends, um, you know, be patient, uh, ask your local experts, you know, you can always write us here, join the Facebook group for timely tips and uh, mm-hmm. advice and other conversations uh, to ha- be had. But yeah, uh, definitely. There's lots of time despite the weather. We're mm-hmm. warm blooded and it's not as cold out, but they're not. So that's right. That's right. Um, Carla has written in and she says, you guys are right on tonight with advice. And who knew ketchup and fries? I know. Carla. Right. Know. <laughs> She's in, though. So you let us know if you can find it, because I'm going to I'm going to you're going to find it for me, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I know, I keep my gonna find it for me. Put it aside. Um, it's funny that you're talking about advice, too. Um, I do do a newsletter. So if you go to my website, you can sign up for my monthly newsletter. And it's a service I started for my clients years and years ago because I couldn't keep up with all the questions. Right. So much like the radio show, it's more like being proactive with the uh, what to do in the garden now. Um, so I was, so I'm trying to write May's, uh, my May's newsletter. And uh, I looked back and sometimes I get a bit inspired by looking back at what have I written about past May's? Well, May, May 
2012 uh, was exactly like the spring we were having. It, I guess it was warm in March and April and got everybody super keen and then closed, cooled down for the first week of May. So I just thought that was really funny. That, and I was like, what date is this? And it was May 12th or May 2012. <laughs> so I thought that was funny that uh, no two like it, that it is a good cool thing for me to go back and look at my welcome note e- uh, messages because I really can see the trends and, and things like that. And that year, it, it got had gotten so cold. Um, after it'd been warm that some of the tulips didn't bloom. That was one thing I said that people were concerned why their tulips weren't coming up. And it's because they they came up way too early in March because it was so warm. And then uh, then it got really cold. So it really just slowed them down and and stuff. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's very cool that you've got like it's almost like you've got like your garden journal, which, you know, new gardeners could be doing, too. Right. Just recording what's going on in your garden and when and what the weather's like and some learned lessons. Uh, that reminds me of one of the questions that I, I often get too is, um, you know, things like especially like hyacinths, uh, the bulbs come up, but they don't get to their actual height. They bloom right at the soil level. That means those bulbs didn't get the cold that they required to vernalize over the winter. Uh, so they've still got that energy, but they didn't get that complete cold period to finish through. So if you have any hyacinths or tulips or things that kind of look stunted or dwarfed uh you might have had too much of a warm winter for it ah yeah Yeah. which which we did have which Uh, i was thinking just this year yeah we didn't really have a super cold winter or or some good cover for long periods of time yeah Yep. So you started it with this ketchup and fries thing. So Damia oh. <laughs> is asking you if there are any hybrid plants for buns and burgers. <laughs> so uh, hmm. maybe the Beyond Meat Burger, maybe. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, thank you for writing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think um, trees, I do think people that are planting trees, trees are okay. Um, they've been, Although some of the trees are still not available because of the cool temperatures and the rain, uh, the growers aren't digging. Like there needs to be some kind of good, like there's a whole process. And it's so funny that people, I know I have contractors who started interlocking jobs and there's planting that goes with it. And they're like, they want to add the plants, but the farms, you know, there's already a schedule of when things come from growers, the ones from BC and the ones from um, U.S. And then there's also a schedule as to when things can be actually harvested, like Doug. And, um, and we're, that schedule doesn't change depending, like based on the temperature, it's more kind of a, you know, every April, this, this is what they do. So just because we started putting in gardens, you know, six weeks earlier than we normally do, doesn't mean that the the nurseries are set up for that. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. We're getting that exactly right now at the garden center where it's warm weather. Everybody's out. It, why hasn't it all arrived yet? Cause it's warm here and it's exactly that harvest and production schedule that it's just, you know, things yes. are scheduled to come, they're produced, they're harvested, they're scheduled all of that time. Uh, so, you know, just be patient too. Uh, believe it when your garden center people say that, you know, it's coming, but it still might be another week before it gets here. It mm-hmm. will come, but there's yeah. nothing your garden centers can do about that. They, some of them have been able to move up, you know, some orders, but not all of them are going to be able to do that. And it's very hard to, 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 you know, push that for, anyway. for sure. So just, just, yeah, be patient again. Yeah. <laughs> I get it every day. When's this yeah, coming? yeah, me and uh, me Why too with the it? with the contractors and stuff. Some some of the 
um, you know, big trees and things are there. There's a big demand for those. But so, uh, so that's uh, going to be one of our challenges, but uh, for your everyday things, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. definitely. So. Yes. Everything is rounding out quite nicely out there for availability. So yeah. So just watch uh, lots of herbs and veggies are still rolling in again. It's just, it's early. Um, things are still being produced. Again, the weather's turned, but, you know, they have production schedules for these little guys, uh, especially the herbaceous stuff to come out, especially things like herbs and veggies that just get planted from seed that year. So uh, lots of stuff constantly rolling in. But tis the season for fruit trees uh, and roses, uh, at least at our garden really? center as well. Yeah, these are the, they come in early and they tend to Fruit trees, we've got them until maybe until about mid-May, and then selection's almost gone. And then same thing with roses. They tend to stall out because people like the roses for their flowers and for flowering in their blooming seasons. So a lot of people come in early, especially if they have roses. They'll get the roses they know they want now, um, or the Explorers, or the Rare Series, like or the David Austins, or things okay. like that. Uh, but then once they start to get into the other stuff the annuals and stuff because it is warm that kind of dies off again but by the beginning of june the roses are are fairly well picked over and, okay. and some of those rarer ones are gone but. so what are some of the popular ones right now um still a lot of of the knockout roses are going super popular um they're just super disease resistant they're you know moderate or, or medium-sized plants that three to four uh, to five feet tall, three to four to five feet wide, depending on who it is, but super high disease resistant, no insects, no black spots uh, or any fungal diseases. Japanese and beetle too? Japanese beetles one though, they, that, they will go after that okay. as well, um, unfortunately. So that's a whole other thing, but the common rose things, uh, they're definitely much more resistant to, okay. and they're, their, their bloom times are just forever. They almost start in uh, early summer or late spring, and they just kind of go for a number of months or a long time. Our uh, mutual friend, Larry, um, he has them. He lives up uh, North Durham region in the Uxbridge area. He has them in containers. He keeps them at the end of his road, and uh, he does not winterize them or do anything to them. And every year they come out of the container and they bloom their heads off, he says. I, I think he's got the peach, uh, a knockout peach variety. And uh, he says it blooms from late summer until frost. And he just leaves it out in the container at the end of his driveway. If you're not familiar, obviously, with Canada or Uxbridge, we're near Lake Ontario. Um, you know, we go up some ridges and some hills and Uxbridge is way up north. So it's, it's a little cooler than we are here at the lakes. Uh, and it, it does fantastic. So they're really popular. David Austin roses are picking up um, again in popularity. So anything David Austin uh, people are after for sure. And then just different ones across all the, the classic hybrid teas, Glarendiflora's, Floribundas. Uh, the Oso Easies are still popular. The carpet more they're the carpet ones, right? Oh, right. So easy. They're a group of that the carpet roses. Um, if you like the little miniature roses, uh, you know, you see in like gift shops, um grocery stores. Grocery stores, that's exactly what I was about to say. Grocery stores or even garden centers now we get like the multicolored ones. Um, there's a new one from Proven Winners, and we actually got this one this year. Uh it was new last year, but it's Meat Petite. So M-E-E-T Meat Petite. Uh, and it's a, like a miniature red rose. 
uh, and it grows like 18 by 18 inches. And it just, it looks like one of those cute little roses you buy in the grocery store. Uh, but it's hardy and it takes out the winter as well. So that oh, one's, that one's that pretty good. cute. Yeah, those are surprisingly hardy, aren't they? Yes, and even even some of those little miniature roses, if you've got the spot, um, I've had them over winter here as well in containers or just in protected spots of the garden as well. So, yeah, they're a little they're a little hardier than you think. Yeah. Um, and I think they're actually part of the knockout rose series. Okay. I think they're one of the knockout roses, which will be good for the, their disease resistance, et cetera, that we were talking about. But yeah. Um, so they're pretty neat. 18 by 18, zones 5 through 10. Um, those beautiful classic double red flowers. Yeah. So that's roses. That's pretty much roses at the yeah. moment. Okay. Yeah. So fruit trees, tomatoes, the ketchup and fries, and knockout roses, which is good. Um, hydrangeas, we definitely talked about our, our hydrangea situation. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. And going back to the hydrangeas, um, just in the production, even from uh, our suppliers, uh, all those macrophyllas again that we were talking about before, they all got nipped in the bud because they're just that soft and they're just, they're that Why group. are they still growing them then? Like, why are you still ordering them? You still have to bring exactly. them in? We just have to bring them in. People just see them in marketing and everything yeah. and they want that classic mop head and a changing pink, of the, the colors. Pink, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, and, you get yeah yeah exactly you get that cool change the ph change the color if you like that idea don't go macrophylla go serrata the mountain hydrangeas they have a similar leaf it's hydrangea serrata but they are more cold hardy um but again just just watch that timing um mm -hmm. with them i find that they're still somewhat like the macrophyllas in in the way that, uh, you know, they come out and then they get that frost and you burn off the buds and you get that one or two that bloom in the summer or they just, they shrink uh, from year after year. They just take that winter damage. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Lisa wrote in saying, happy May gardening. I'm very excited for the start of gardening season here in Philly, Pennsylvania. Thanks for the show. Oh, Thank you very much. Thank you. I think a long time listener um because i know we are always not sure how to pronounce your name so that's uh, so thank you for for writing in and for listening and we do appreciate everybody who listens to us we've got an exciting lineup i know we really start to fill in like a lot lots more about plants and so we're really excited um the next matt did you want to talk about the next couple of shows in in may yeah so next week may 10th um, we are going to have Dr. Jeffrey Smith uh, join us here on the show. Spoiler, he's uh, my, actually my doctor, my chiropractor. He's going to join us with the spin on garden fitness. So we talk about keeping the gardens healthy and keeping them active and alive. But you know, we all know that gardening is very physical. So how are we taking care of ourselves as well as taking when we're taking care of our gardens? So Dr. Smith has a lot of great tips uh, and tricks. He's also uh, one of the newer COVID gardeners. He's really diving into COVID or gardening since COVID. Uh, not that he didn't do too much of it before. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about staying fit and healthy in the garden and, uh, you know, kind of get a new gardener's perspective on, on yeah. uh, with the COVID. So that will be really fun. May 17th, 
we're going to talk all about annuals. Annuals every year come out with new and unusual and cool new spins on classic annuals. So we will take a look at all the new and exciting colorful annuals that you can be adding to your gardens, window boxes, and hanging baskets. May 24th up here uh, in Ontario, in Canada, that is our big weekend. It's the Victoria Day weekend. Uh, it falls on the Monday, and it's the day our average last frost date here. So it will be a very active weekend. I am sure we will be doing a repeat show for you on uh, the Victoria Day weekend, but we will be busy in our gardens and with our clients, uh, so we will have no show for you there. However, we're going to round out the month with uh, Leslie Halleck of Halleck Horticulture, and we're going to talk chickens in the landscape and uh, in the urban garden setting. So uh, definitely take a take a look uh, for Halleck Horticulture. Lots of information there. Yeah. We're excited to have Leslie join us on uh, you know chickens and how they can just how cool they are in the landscape. Yes, for sure, for like... sure. There are many <laughs> topics we could have had Leslie speak yeah, on, and yeah. we haven't had one on chickens in a while. So definitely Google her. She's just written a book, and we and she's written a lot about house plants and indoor lighting and and things like that. So we know we'll probably have her on again in yes. in the fall or or the beginning of next year when we uh, talk about house plants. So we were very excited that we could get her to be a guest on our show. We are. we are excited and Matt gave you a sneak peek into the upcoming months as well uh, <laughs> that we're going to talk about. And we talked about maybe putting that in the Facebook group so that anybody who joins our Facebook group kind of gets a sneak peek as to what we're talking about. So, yeah, sometimes we just end the show. We've got a great guest and we run right to the end for us. So we're going to start posting in our Facebook group and uh, uh, probably on the Instagram as well. So take a look at Facebook at Down the Garden Path podcast. Uh, if you're wondering what's coming up this week, we are going to start posting there with a little description of the show for you so that you know what's coming up and you can tune in and or check us out on your favorite podcast provider. Perhaps you've missed the show, but you know what exciting content uh, is new and for you to download. So take us a look at it there. That's right. And please tell your friends about it. You know, that's something that uh, if you have a new gardener in your life uh, or daughter who's just bought a new home or neighbor that's just moved in um, and is a new gardener, please spread the word. Just let them know about the podcast. I think it's a podcast. It's a great way to uh, the show is a great way to listen to garden while you listen to advice. That's right. That's right. That's right. Our lovely voices talking you to sleep with inspiring (laughs) gardening information. (laughs) That that is right. So we want to thank everybody for all your questions and hope we gave you a lot of information tonight. Um, You're going to be looking for your cocktail trees and your roses and your ketchup and fries. Right, Matt? That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Pedro, Ruth, Steve, Ben, Carla, Damien, uh, Gail, and Liza for writing in your questions thank you for tuning in live here on reality radio 101 and we look forward to talking to you next week here on down the garden path thank you for listening to down the garden path with your host joanne shaw and matthew dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.